0: I'm very easily influenced. Like my mood is very, very easily thrown off the rails. Like if something, like if I have a bad like writing session or something, I just hate the song. I'm like, great. Like I'm the worst writer in the world. Like how am I going to do music? Like whatever. But then if I have a great writing session, I'm on top of the world for like a week. The
1: biggest medicine for those moments and it's cliche, but it's gratitude. And it is the biggest medicine for shifting that moment and creating an opportunity. Back at Always Evolving, and uh, our guest today is the youngest guest. Is this the youngest
2: guest we've had, Tony? Hands down, the youngest.
0: Am I?
1: You're the youngest guest we've had. Love it. And, uh, He's a little superstar. Mm -hmm. Johnny Orlando, who is a musician, YouTuber. uh, The young women love him is what I've come to notice when I've checked out what's going on in his world. A lot of his music is also kind of love Mm -hmm. story-like. And maybe that, I'm curious if that's a phase you're going through or... Or what have you, but thanks for coming over. I know you're in Studio City, so you just went over the hill. Mm-hmm. Makes it easy.
0: Not too bad. I'm, out, I'm on top of the hill, so I just came came down.
1: I think I think if there was two of you, it would fit in one of me.
0: I think so. I was standing next to you. I was, it was, my neck was kind of hurting a little bit <laughs> after a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if I wore your clothing, I think I'd be working a crop top.
0: Right this is now. already a crop This maybe is like, it'd be an aggressive have crop. Have you ever worn a crop top? I Yes, a couple of days ago. Yeah. How for, did that happen? It was editorial. It was for photo shoot. So, Tony, have you, you ever worn a crop top? Nah. No? <laughs> <I'm not laughs> i mean, it either. out.
2: I mean, I've, I've pulled my shirt up. The ladies like love it. Tony. it. Like, ladies ladies love that. it. They do.
0: Really? They do. I don't know. They do. That is wild. It's like the painted nails. It's all in that same category. And aren't a lot of people saying now, like,
1: oh, you have a crop top and painted nails that you're like, I see people going, oh, they're just trying to be metro. Is that right? Or am I too old and saying
0: that? What what did you say the word? A lot of people like like metro, I think it's metrosexual. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's more fluid. I think um, it's like the breaking toxic masculinity. I don't know. Some people are like, I really just don't care. I kind of just do whatever I want to do. And people are mad for whatever reason they can they can bug off. Am I allowed to what am I allowed to say here? You can cuss, you okay. can say whatever. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, no, I mean we literally say whatever. Um Pretty and we have much. strong opinions on different uh, we 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 subscribe to the thinking that being critical of others for doing what they want doesn't actually change behavior it just makes people just not share it right so
2: so people have given you stuff for nails and like what you wear and stuff like that
0: yeah like well i don't really like i really don't like paint my nails that much i did it i remember i did it once for like to promote something i think it was like my like a song dropping or my ep dropping and um I remember I went to school the next day because I've graduated now, but I went to just like a regular high school, like in person every day and whatnot. So I remember I went to school the next day and everybody was like, oh, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? I also went to uh, a hockey school. So that probably was, was an ag- aggravating factor. But Interesting. Yeah, so, people were
1: tripped out when I would wear fur paint. I would go to a lot of raves growing up and
0: I was yeah. a candy
1: kid. And uh, pleur peace, love, unity, respect,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, hump speakers, uh, what are they called? Speaker humping. It was like happy hardcore was the music. Right. But like I used to love going to raves and I would wear fur and like uh, these bracelets. I'm not sure if they still do that, but I, I went to a Catholic school where people uh, had uniforms and it was a basketball school. So right. it's kind of, in, it's interesting wherever we grow up, we kind of get affected by that community how the heck at 18 have you launched a successful music career what do you think has been the reason for that
0: um well i mean i've been doing it for 10 years already i've been i started on youtube when i was eight can't say i did it by myself you met darian my sister and and uh,
1: yeah your sister's five uh, years older and she has yeah.
0: managed you since you were eight she essentially created Johnny Orlando. Like, I'm just John, like in normal life. Like, I don't act like I'm not like on all the time. <laughs> right. That's not me. Um, she essentially created that brand and, and, like, did literally everything. Like, when I say everything, like, here, take a photo of yourself and I'm going to write things to, like, post a story kind of thing. Like, did I she literally push you out
1: of your comfort zone.
0: For sure. I think the whole the experience in general of doing music and being on the internet has kind of has pushed me out of my comfort zone. I was never really I'm still not really an extroverted person. I prefer to I like recharge by myself. I think that's I the kind of, of
2: Samson. Were you thinking the same thing? <laughs> exactly. That's Samson's that's our most beloved uh yeah.
1: he used to be like my right hand guy. Now he runs a treatment center for me but everyone likes him.
2: That's so crazy. But he likes
1: to kind of, you know, pick and choose what he likes, isn't looking to be the social, uh, mm. get all the attention, but will do it as it's part of the job, but it it's isn't exactly comfortable
0: spot. That's not, it's not my comfort zone to be like, so I'll go to parties or whatever, people like start playing my music. I'm not like, yeah, like I hate it. Like I, uh, I've like left places before. What they was like,
1: the turning point for you with your sister pushing you? Because the great thing is you trust your sister. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a moment? Um, there's definitely
0: been like, like little, I don't know. I really just never pushed back. Cause I always like, I love trying new things. I love kind of just doing whatever. I love just doing things once just to like, know that I've done it. I hate, I've don't want to i never want to regret anything right. and i have no regrets so that's good on the right track um i remember that i think the first time she was like oh no like i really want you to do this is like um i remember this there was like a you know Cody Simpson Yes. So he had like his hair a certain way. And like I always had like the Bieber flow. Like that's just what I was comfortable with, had it forever when I was much younger. And she was like, No, like I want you to push it back. Like we're going to slick it back and like whatever. It's going to be great. Like just trust me. I was like, No, 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 no. And eventually I just like did it. And uh, it didn't look good, but I like it just, I think the act of doing it and continually doing that over the years has kind of led me to a place where I kind of just do whatever I want. And like at the shoot the other day where I had to Wear a crop rock the crop top. Oh, it was a crop top and I was and I was wearing these uh, short little, little jean shorts. Like Daisy Dukes. Exactly. So would I have done that like three years ago? No, but it's a gradual build, I think, into... And do you get to work song. on
1: the collaboration of what you wear or is the magazine just go we're putting you in a crop top and daisy dukes?
0: They were no, they said uh oh and if you're comfortable this is the next outfit that we have in mind. And I was like yeah, like whatever, let's just do it. What magazine? Can it was uh Vanity Teen. I have a question. So, how did it feel
2: being in high school mm-hmm. with a big following?
0: Um, it actually wasn't bad at all. Really? Yeah, it really wasn't cuz um
2: Is there, like, a popularity, like, if if you have this amount of followers and you're, like, you're popular. Like, I I, I left high school right when Instagram started. Right, okay. So, like, I didn't, we didn't have social media like that. Like, numbers weren't a big deal, but, like, now, today, like, was it, like, a thing where you're popular if you have this many followers?
0: Um, not so much in... Canada it, it's mm. I think because I've also gone to school in LA and it was very much so like that here I find that uh, Like place to place people Their priorities are their priorities change and obviously in LA the city of The entertainment yeah industry, like I went basically. to Dallas yesterday
1: yeah. everyone was so nice I said to Tony I had to give a talk there I was like these people are fucking amazing mm. They were so friendly Generous and then I feel like if I did that same event in Los Angeles. Like I told the whole group not to be on their phones. I still feel like half the people would have been on their phones. Half of them would have been too busy. I would have got resting bitch face from a few people who (laughs) pretended
0: like, what are you, you're not impressing or entertaining me. Exactly. So I think in, I got really lucky. Like the the people that I went to high school with, um, did I like love all of them? Like, no, obviously it's high school is what it is. But nobody was really like, like rude and no or, one was or, like
1: you think because you have followers that you can be. No one said anything. People like, are,
0: that? like people said that as a joke because I like got away with a lot of things like so much because because like, the majority of it was like I always like hand the things in late because I was like on tour like I had to fly and like oh like you think well, a million <laughs> followers you can do whatever you want.
1: How many followers did you have in high school? Uh, like on Instagram or YouTube?
0: I think I started high school with 3 million followers <laughs> on Instagram.
1: <laughs> on, you started high school with 3 million followers on
0: Instagram? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, but people weren't... I think there was like an initial... Uh, for the first couple weeks in like grade 9... Um, cause like all the kids already knew each other, they'd play hockey together for their entire life. So getting into that circle was a little difficult and like people were a bit standoffish at first, but I like to think that I'm not like affected and I can have a conversation with pretty much anyone. So it was that like awkward.
1: Was it predominantly
0: females you think that were following you or was it a blend or on social media? Yeah. It's like, you can see on the analytics, I don't know how accurate they are, but it's a majority. Like what? I can check. You know yeah, check.
1: Like? I'm curious. <laughs> Let's each look, Tony. What percentage of our followers are like men versus women on Instagram? Because we can all look at it right now. I know on Facebook, I'm predominantly women. But-
0: <laughs> Coach Mike. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's see. I think we go into insights. Yeah. Right?
0: Uh, I think I need the Wi Fi. Oh, oh really? What do you have you a Canadian setup? No, this is an American SIM card. It's just not working. No.
1: Cause I uh-huh. have sixty percent are men on Instagram. Okay. Thirty nine point nine percent are females.
2: I'm fifty five percent men, forty four percent women. I'm down the middle. Oh god.
0: Where do I see this? Oh yes. <laughs> I'm going to guess.
1: I feel Um, like he was about to say.
2: "Eh." Yeah, I'm going to say 90% women. No way he is 90% women. 10% men. Really? I'm going to go with 90. I go for
1: like 70% men or 70% 70 women, 30% men.
0: 82 and a half. uh, 82 and a half. 82% are women. Damn. Whoa. You know what's weird? The, the, uh, like you can see, like on the insights, um, like by age and stuff, yeah. like the split of men to women. If you go sixty-five plus, the men increase dramatically. <laughs> it's like like fifty percent of my male audience is older than sixty-five. No uh, way!
1: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <my. laughs> strange. Oh man, that is strange. <laughs> so in, okay, so eighty-two percent of your millions of followers are females. So I would have to assume you get a lot of women messaging you Mm -hmm. because they want you fair. Would you, would you ever date a fan?
0: Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. Have you ever dated a fan? No, I haven't had a girlfriend since I was like 12. What? Yeah. I just like,
1: you just put in your music, the love and fantasy.
0: Yeah. Well, like I've talked to girls a lot and I almost dated a lot. like think it's whatever. harder to date because absolutely. Why? Because I don't trust anyone. And that's like a, like I feel like in a relationship it's trust is like the, the biggest thing, you know, what
1: don't you trust?
0: Um, like for example, if somebody hits me up in my DMS, that means they know like that I'm, that I do music or whatever. Um, I like don't trust that they, like that, that there's like ulterior, you know, like that it's, they only hit me up because of the following or because of the music and then maybe they turn out to like me later, but that's the initials, I, it just scares me, I don't know. It's interesting because I mean, I don't
1: have nearly that following, I'm gay, right? Tony's gay too. Mm-hmm. But like, I've noticed since building a profile, I'll have more men DM me and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check out their page, who are these people there's wow, that makes it easier it's almost it's almost like fishing without ever having to yeah, put yeah uh the bait the bait or the the but it sounds like for you it's a whole other thing where you're scared that you could end up in a bad spot
0: yeah for sure and there's there's just a worry i like like I would absolutely date a fan like i i want If I was going to date anybody, I would hope that they would be a fan of the things I do to an extent, but it just like that, that all scares me. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I was going to date anybody, I'd have to really trust them and uh, like really know them. When was the last time you went on a date? Yeah, this summer.
1: A bunch of dates? No, (laughs) no. Just like a few dates?
0: No. Yeah, yeah.
1: I got you.
2: That's crazy. But it sounds like to me, dating is not even on your like agenda. Like you're not even thinking about dating.
1: He is though. It's his. (laughs) I know, but still. I listened to a bunch of his songs, and I literally was like, and I told Johnny before we started this podcast, I was like, you have a sultry voice. It's kind of a whisper. It's almost like if it was a romance novel, it's like he comes flying in on a unicorn with his guitar, (laughs) picks her up, but it's like a harp is playing like-
2: Sounds like Aladdin. Aladdin. It sounds
1: like Aladdin. I mean, I just think it's it's interesting how, because of our career paths, we end up, there's like blessings, and then there's also fears that get attached Mm -hmm. that we can get anxiety around because we don't want to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine you being not an extrovert and being a bit of an introvert Mm -hmm. and uh, being famous and popular for so long. You've had many experiences, which are the reason why.
0: Yeah, it's difficult for me to trust people, I'd say. I'm pretty good at like weeding out the... Like the people that are around Ridiculous. for for their own personal benefit, but uh, it's still it's still scary. People are good liars. And what, I,
1: what do we think trust yeah. is? By the way, I'm like trust for us to actually go. Okay, you cross that line with me, where
0: I can trust you. Um, I mean, there's a million little ways to break trust. I think like uh, no like, to gain trust. Oh, to gain trust.
1: Oh, we know all the ways to break trust. Oh, yeah. right? We're like, you know,
0: do we, uh, do we automatically
2: give someone trust or no? Like if uh, not really, you do. (laughs) That's, uh, I don't know. Line up. What is,
1: but like to gain trust, it probably is in my mind. If we were like to define it, it's probably consistency, Mm -hmm. right? Consistency of it's honesty.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, I, I feel like for me, like the general way that people act around me, I you can, can kind of tell. Not like what their intentions are, but like their comfort level. And like, like if somebody just meets me and, and like if I like just meet like a guy like that, like my friends know already, I'll be like, oh, like what's up? And like you can tell if they care at all about like the, the followers or whatever, or if they just literally just just don't, you know, I'll probably trust that person off the bat. And then, until otherwise shown that I can't, then that'll remain. I'm a I'm a trusting person. That's so contradictory, but I lose it very quickly, and I'm always vigilant as to what's happening in a relationship. But, but
1: my question would be just in if we were looking at trust, consistency, like I had Tony's boyfriend stay at my house while I was gone, mm-hmm. it's the first time you stayed alone in my house. In theory, I mean, I have some money, not much here. <laughs> and I have art <laughs> and you know, there's things that people could steal right. and I haven't spent a lot of time with your partner, but I was like, even the first six months, Tony worked for me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Samson and I, the first six months, Tony worked for me, Samson and I wouldn't let Tony alone in my house. So really? Tony worked for me. It takes a while for me to be like, all right, cool. once you have it, you got the keys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're good. You just, you got the, key. I mean, you probably feel that, right?
2: I mean, I didn't really get the keys, but I got the too. Yeah, know? you have all the
1: codes to everything <laughs> in my house. Yeah. You know, like even Aaron, our audio here, you're always like, you have money sitting around. Like once you're in, I'm like, why? I assume you would be act in integrity. Right. But to get there, it's interesting what it requires of someone. And I suppose being in Los Angeles, which is so much about advancement in career and being seen with different people, it can become a little complicated or confusing because any room you go into with people your age, Mm -hmm. your radar is up a little bit probably.
0: Yeah radars and like like
1: like is this safe uh exactly yeah uh, what can i say uh am i going to be just a conversation piece um is it okay to talk to this girl because i also don't want to deal with drama Mm -hmm. if i don't know maybe she has a boyfriend and whatever else there is
0: yeah for sure i think i think like the the first part of that every time i go into a room i here i hate going to parties here they're the worst cuz it's exactly that i walk in and i'm like okay like who's here is anybody filming like i that's just stuff that i have to worry about whereas i feel like in toronto it's just a very different like no if, if somebody like pulled out a phone everybody else would be like what are you doing you know what i mean like it's just not cool to be It's that's not normal at all for like the advancement in career is just not a thing so so we ask questions before you people come on this podcast
1: and one of those is what um what kind of is the biggest challenge for you right now and you mm-hmm. said that you just have ups and downs mm-hmm. what would you say those ups and downs are around
0: a bit of everything i'm very easily influenced like my mood is very very easily thrown off the rails uh, like if something, like if I have a bad like writing session or something, I just hate the song, I'm like great, like I'm the worst writer in the world, like how am I going to do music, like whatever. Um, but then if I have a great writing session, I'm on top of the world for like a week, you know. Uh, if one of like my friends is like mad at me for whatever reason or like like people that I care about like are upset, like if I have a bad day like on social media, like, anything. It kind of just derails. I just feel like, especially in my industry, I can't be like that because it's so inconsistent in the way that things happen. Like you can be just like hot shit for like weeks or months and then like nobody cares for a little bit and then you do something you're back in the spotlight
1: you always found music was the weirdest relevance machine that that i worked with and it's like yeah someone would not be cool enough or relevant one year and then the next year they're on tour with someone exactly you'd be like i thought you didn't like them Mm. but no they're more relevant now
0: there's no loyalty and there's no It's, I guess it's the same as like the acting, like you're only as big as your last job is Mm. the thing that I hear a lot, which like, I guess understandable if you're looking at it purely from a business perspective, but like it's.
1: So if you could paint the brush of uh, here is what your brain believes would create the most peace or harmony in terms of your career. Do you have an image of what that would look like?
0: Success, I guess.
1: But what 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 would you maybe and it doesn't mean it has to be what we discuss now because we're just talking about it, but success to you in terms of like what maybe is considered success?
0: Being the best, the biggest. I like I I've always like if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna be be the biggest and I'm gonna be the best at it. So like if I then, if I like see something that uh is like says that I'm not going to be the biggest and the best, or like they like points towards that, I just get very upset. You very, get upset, oh yeah. And like, I'm not really the type of person that's like, oh, like, oh, that motivates me to like do better. I just want to like lay in bed and, and not leave when I'm like when upset you feel like something. you're not enough, yeah. So it comes
1: up, something can trigger you to feel not enough. And more likely than not, it's not your personal life, but it's your career life.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd okay. Say so.
1: And then in the career life, something that would make you think that you're not good enough could be album sales, streams, yeah, ticket all of sales. Enough. And the measuring of that in your brain is what you expect to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. I expect that I can like if I put on a show right now, it's gonna sell out in like a day. My Toronto show just sold out, so I'm happy. Nice. Um, and then Congrats. We, thank you. We just put LA on sale today, so I expect that to sell out too. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna be really, really upset.
1: Do you want to be upset when it doesn't sell out? If it doesn't sell out?
0: Uh, no, I don't love being upset about. I mean, Anything it's a real, real thing.
1: Like, do you, do you wish that you wouldn't get upset if you saw something that that made you feel less than? Or um, you feel that that's a driver for you?
0: It's not necessarily like a, it depends. I think, I, I think it's probably a good thing that I care. Um, I don't love being upset and it probably motivates me at the end of the day. But in that moment, I just want to be alone, you like shut be down. in my room, yeah. I don't, yeah. Ah, to to an extent. Yeah, shut down meaning you want to be left alone. Yeah. And, and I need to think about it, think about whatever. You need what to think about it. Do. you
1: need your space and and it's almost um to some degree maybe your feelings are hurt because you're you're going, "Hold on, I I put so much effort into this and um y- somehow you're believing that you're not good enough if uh, something out there is messaging that to you.
0: Yeah. I just have very high standards for myself. And when I don't reach that, I not not a good day. The biggest,
1: if I could give you some feedback, Mm -hmm. if you want it. I do. The biggest medicine for those moments and it's cliche, but it's gratitude. Mm -hmm. And it is the biggest medicine for shifting that moment and creating an opportunity because when we feel like, and I've had this experience a lot, I, Mm. I write books, you know, I have different things in which people buy into it or not buy into Mm. it. And it's interesting how we can set a bar up that we believe is a goal, but it really just is this moving bar that creates a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when we get hit by that bar, we're not at our best. We don't show up as our best when we may be envious or jealous or hurt or mm-hmm. worrying or defeated. I mean, Tony, you probably see me to de- be defeated. I'm like the social media thing. You know, I'm on a lot of television shows. It doesn't translate to social media.
0: It doesn't at all. At all. Yeah.
1: I won't, I'll go on the number one, I'm I'm on Dr. Phil, it's the number one daytime television show. Mm -hmm. I won't grow one Instagram follower by going on episode. And it gets frustrating because I I may not be able to get on more shows because I don't have a big producers are looking at people's Instagram following. And I can choose to be defeated or nothing's working or what the hell, or this isn't fair, or I can choose to go, holy shit, I own a house. I got every piece of art I ever wanted. I'm single and loving it. I'm wearing some clothes that are so comfortable on my own body. I've sold a lot of books. I've sold over a quarter million books. It's a lot of freaking books for people to read. Mm -hmm. And I can have that attitude. And it's really just about how to change our brains in those moments. Because if you're able to change your brain, you're aware that you get into a funk. Right. And if you're willing, I've worked with a lot of artists, some artists, they become committed to the misery and it, as they grow older. It affects their relationships. Right. It affects a lot of areas of life. And if you can get your brain to flip, it'll be even bigger.
0: I feel like if I like if I was in that in a little funk and I told myself that, I just wouldn't I wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, these are these are Coach Mike's words, you know?
1: No, but stay with me on this. So let's what
0: was the last funk? Um I have a very selective memory when it comes to these things. I never remember anything negative in my life. Right. Uh, so let's say, look, one of your shows you're going to have on tour is not going to sell well. Right. One of the cities. that That's
1: happened before. and It, it will happen. Sent me into a funk. That's inevitable. Right. So one of the cities that doesn't sell well. And would you likely get in a funk when you're in that city?
0: Yeah. I'll go up on stage, see the audience, and then. Come off and sit in the green room and to like want to just like close the door and just like think for a long time. think about what um reflect on the show uh, how it happened, why it happened. so
1: how many people would be a small show?
0: I think it d- depends on the venue. Like I remember in we did a show in tucson and in in, t- in two thousand and nineteen. And it was like, the only venue in town was like 1,200 cap or something. And like, there were not that many people there. There was probably like 400 people. Um, and it was like, it was like a, a, a third, it was like two quarter, two, math, two thirds empty. Like, what do I, so I looked out in the audience I was like, and also at my shows, like people crammed to the front. So I was looking out and I was like, oh my God, like it was a fun show. And, and everybody in the audience looked like they were having a good time, but it was while I was up there, it was hard to play like the best show that I I could. And then when I got off, I remember just like sitting in the green room and uh, I was like, I was pissed. You're pissed. Yeah. How did you,
1: so this would is where I would go with it, right? Mm -hmm. What is the opportunity by having a lesser number of people show up?
0: Well, it, it definitely gave me the opportunity. I connected to people more. I had to work a lot harder. When there's a bunch of people at a show, it's a l- really, really easy to control the crowd and have everybody fired up because there's so many people around you. You're all fired up. But um, it was it was definitely a challenge to, to have that same excitement. So I had to go and interact with people individually, things like that. So 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 let me, let me play this with
1: you, right? Like I'm going to give you a few ping pong ideas, right? Right. One is you could suddenly be like, all right, I want to cut a line in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. All the guys over there, all the ones that identify as a woman over there. Mm -hmm. And you literally have them chant because you can't do that with 1200 people. Mm It'd be a fucking mess. Right. Right. You could literally, you can control a room with less people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the same thing with like group therapy. You have a group of 20 it's really i mean you you still have to work hard and sure more people may sing along right but if you have a group of eight you can run a more effective group right and i know for artists they can look out and then the managers at arenas will close off the back so the artist can't tell that there's less people and there's a lot of sensitivity around that Right. but if you have faith in that the universe and let's say things happen for a reason do you have that kind of belief or not really no okay so you don't have any higher power belief no okay so your belief is you set up this scenario there's 400 people and you suddenly are making it about you Mm -hmm. and not about them right right yeah your job is to go there and be of service and entertain Mm -hmm. would you agree yes And what happens is your feelings get in the way. And then when our feelings get in the way, we start making it about ourselves. right? And we start defeating ourselves. But would it be possible for you to make it about them in those moments?
0: Yeah, my dad always says, um, you know, like this is the, whatever, 15th, 20th, 25th show you've done this tour, but this is the first time these people are seeing you, so you better give them I can good show, you know what I mean? It, do you feel like you could take more risk with a smaller
1: group? Um that like deviate a little bit from what you would
0: typically right. do. I don't know exactly what that risk would be, but I assume for you, sure, you have it's moments like a, where you talk. Right. Yeah, it's like a focus group, I guess.
1: Where you do different stuff and get creative. Right. right. But that doesn't inspire you.
0: I like no, I like being challenged. Uh, like, cause I just talk a lot, and everybody's like, "Okay." <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I think like the L.A., New York, Toronto's like, I kind of stick to the script, somewhat, cause you know it's a big show. I don't wanna you don't wanna mess it up. You don't wanna right, mess right. it up. My whole family's in the audience. A and R's in the audience. Label people. Um, you said that, is that inspiring?
1: Well, if you have a your brain right now instead of seizing it as a grateful opportunity, mm-hmm. you suddenly feel like it's on you. Mm-hmm. The excitement of what you're doing is dictated by an attendance, even though there's people there to see you. Mm-hmm. And so being that it's a smaller group, how could you stay inspired or even equally as inspired as a New York or Toronto show? Mm-hmm. Your brain knows, I'm just trying to help you figure out and I'm poking
0: around, right? Yeah, I liked what you said. You said, um, they're still there to see you. I guess that's that's the, whenever I I, I go back and think about the thing I said my dad says, like this is their, their first time seeing you, um, that helps. What do you as
1: a performer want to get better at?
0: Um, I think talking to the audience, Talking to the audience. Yeah, I think so. Having ha,
1: Feeling like you can riff based upon the day and not yeah. be stuck to maybe a script. Yeah. Super common, by the way, even for artists who do arenas, mm-hmm. they'll stick to their same script. You probably have seen artists like this. Right. And then you're kind of like, you said the same thing. Like, I love you, Minneapolis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they do the same thing. And you're aware that you want to do it a little different. Mm-hmm would you feel more comfortable doing that talking to a smaller group Mm -hmm. as the first time you're pushing yourself Yeah, as opposed to a bigger group? For sure. You would.
0: Yeah. And I did that in um, Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, This was like a really small show and like it was sold out, but it was just a small room. It was like, I think 300 people and uh, the show, the, the, it was the second show of the tour and it was probably the most fun that I've had on stage. Cause like the stage was at like floor level, basically there was like a little, like four inch stage. And then we were separated by like monitors, like at the front of the stage. And that was it. So I was literally like, like closer than me to you to the people in the front row. And I just like kind of did whatever I wanted, said whatever I wanted. The stage was so small that I couldn't even really like Move around or do any of the things I usually did. And then at that show, I got so comfortable, I think, in that moment with just like riffing my my performance and my uh, movement that I ended up just like talking. And I was like, all right, like Pontiac, I know, like whatever. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was like, oh, we're just going to have a great time. It was the gist of it.
1: And part of it was because of a smaller group. Yeah. And the setup. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm just trying to find like some nuggets where you're like, Ah, here's the opportunity. All right. Smaller group, not as, haha, but I've been meaning to talk about blah blah blah. All right. Or I've whatever it is, but you you have to become willing and not committed to the defeat. All right. And it's a muscle. It's like we all get triggered in life in different arenas or different situations. Mm-hmm. If when I'm speaking to a group and then I suddenly see people on their phones, for me, before, I would go, oh, they don't care what I have to say. And right. I'm all the way out here. What do I need to do to stand on my head? You know, how to... But when you kind of start to embrace the opportunity that you can feel better about it, it tends to work out. I mean, you're young, and that's a great thing because you can change the trajectory of how you show up as an artist. Mm-hmm. In these environments.
2: Right. I got to ask really quick. You said you've been doing YouTube since you were eight. Mm -hmm. How have you stayed relevant for so long? Like what has been like your recipe? What have you done? Have you rebranded yourself? Have you done things differently? Have you just stuck to the script? Like what did you do to stay so relevant and get so big?
0: Uh, Definitely reinvented myself is the, the, I think the biggest thing it wasn't really like um a conscious thing i just got older and so as i got older my interests in real life changed and the way that i presented myself changed my style and everything so every year like when i grew up my hair was another reinvention and that sparked a lot of uh discourse online and followers like as a byproduct of me just living my life so yeah, I think it was easier for me in that sense to keep the relevancy and now at this point um, I have such like a like a dedicated fan base because they've seen me grow up like yeah. s- since I, like my entire childhood is documented essentially which is actually really sick. Um, <laughs> Would you say really sad? It, no, really sick. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah. Um, I also never really had like a like a blow up moment. Like I never gained a million followers in like a week and then like it just kind of dwindles from there. Um, it's been a slow build, obviously, there's been like moments where it has a little little uptick, but um there's been like just continued interest for so long and, and I, I was never really like like a joke. like I feel, I find that's how a lot of people get big these days is like if they're like the kind of the butt of a joke, but it mm-hmm. benefits them for a short amount of time. And then once the joke is run its course, then, you know, um, but I feel like people are just like interested in in the music and my like story and what I have going on. And a
1: now. lot of what you've written about is love songs, dating. My your life. Your life. Yeah. Do you find that you... What are you most passionate about writing in regards to your life now?
0: Love is definitely yeah. the thing that I like I writing most about. Gotcha. I just find it's not like easiest for me. Like I'm not trying to make it easy. There's just like a lot to say. Like I, whenever I'm like talking to a girl or whatever, I just, I think a lot about that and like about what she's thinking about. So there's just a million different angles to approach a song from. Uh, so and it's like kind of fun. It's like a it's like a little therapy sesh to have to like, like dig deep and like find things to talk about. Mm. Like consolidating feelings into like a concept that's like a tagline at the end of the chorus, um, is a challenge, and it's also it benefits me.
1: Who would be your dream collaboration if you could? rub your hands together and this person would say johnny orlando Coach
0: mike on the next flight <laughs> um i think this is a hard question i get asked all the time i did my answer changes every single time um like right now like probably like a little baby or something or like i really i love a little baby i don't know i like i'm not the type of person that like likes an uh, like one artist or like artists in okay. general. I kind of just I I like their good songs and that's it.
2: That's a good answer.
0: That's a I great answer. I love Lil Baby you, you little like little baby. baby? Yeah. He's sick. Nah, he can't maybe, miss yeah, can't miss the last like two years. It, no. Since Drip Too Hard he's just been
2: it, on a like exactly a roll. literally it's on crazy. a roller coaster just all the way uphill. Yeah. I gotta ask was your answer at one point only because he is Toronto's finest Drake? Yeah. It was Drake. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Because in, in to Toronto, CLB. he's like... Oh, yeah. Nobody is. is.
1: sponsored by any fashion brand, and it has to be one, mm-hmm. and you would be rocking, who would it be?
0: I kind of operate the same way as I do with music when it comes to fashion. You got one. By the way,
1: uh, otherwise, uh, you're going to have to go around in crop tops for the next oh, year. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, who would you have, Tony? I mean, we have to...
0: Like a brand? Mm-hmm. What? He's rocking them right now. Nike? Nike. You would I rock th- Nike of any option on the planet? hmm I think Saint Laurent. I really
1: like
2: their, Saint Laurent their clothes. You, Mike?
1: Well, the problem for me is I often have to wear a suit. You know, up to, left to my own devices, I would be rocking, you know, Versace. Their pajamas are amazing. Like, I would just be in pajamas all day. If it could be up to me, I would get to a point in my career where I could wear really comfortable pajamas and somehow I would have the respect. Unfortunately, in the life coaching industry, there's like a standard people look at you as. When I work with artists, they're the coolest because you can be as eccentric as you want. For mainstream culture, it doesn't quite work. They're like, what's what's he doing and why is he doing that? But maybe that day will pass. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. So, your, your latest single is because you, there's a few singles you have. Going yeah.
0: On. Daydream is the latest single to come out, but uh, You're Just Drunk comes out at the end of the month.
1: You're Just Drunk. That's right. It's about
0: drunk taxing.
1: Drunk taxing. Yeah. Tell me what that is.
0: Drunk taxing. taxing.
1: Oh, drunk texting. Yeah. I think he said drunk taxing. No. I'm like, this guy, Johnny Orlando, knows all about <laughs> taxes and
0: government. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> holy cow. Drunk texting.
1: That's such a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. It it's really, I find it very, very annoying. Stoner,
1: when people have been stoned and text me, it's not that bad. But drunk texting is a hot mess.
0: Yeah. It is. And some people just do it way too much and it's really annoying um the song is about a girl that like just did not stop like like however many weekends in a row and then finally i was like like she would say like incomplete sentences and like whatever and like never like wouldn't finish a thought like she'd say something i would respond and then talk about something new i'm like okay i'm done with this and she said um you're just and I was like, I'm just what? I'm, I'm what? Like, what am I? And she just wouldn't give me an answer. Um, and then I had the session the next day, and I was like, this girl. And I was reading the text. I was like, look, this girl was saying to me. And then I was like, she said, you're just. And I like, and I and I don't know what that means. And whatever I asked her, she never responded. And then the one of the writers in the room was like, oh, that's sick. You're just drunk. then oh. We made the song. Yeah. I like, I like that. So, how many cities are you going on this next tour? Not uh really not even planned. Just major yet. cities. Just uh we're doing LA Toronto right now. More of like a like a promotional thing. Mm. Um and I like I I really just want to do shows again. So I was like, hey, we should do a couple of shows for promo. It'd be think it'd be a good promo uh, opportunity. And then everybody was like, All right. Um but yeah, and then we were thinking about New York, but yeah, just LA Toronto for now.
1: LA and Toronto for now. And, um, uh, everyone obviously can find you on social media on all your platforms and we're out of time. I flew by.
0: Oh, we did indeed. We yeah, flew yeah. by
1: Johnny Orlando. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you. You want to hang and get away from the family. Thank you. Um, and, uh, I'll be your gay uncle. Wonderful. That's the newest. That's my new role with you. I already have
0: one. You could be. Well, there he's, <laughs> he's, he's, okay. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of suspicion around him. <laughs> um, I don't even know who this is, by the way. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> I got replaced really quickly. He's <laughs> yeah, like, I already yeah, got a gun. No, no. I was gonna I'm say like, you oh, could be my what I, do now. I, I can
0: have a second one. It's okay. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be like um,
1: the weird uncle. <laughs> he like, said it so. Quick. My uncle literally just eats baked potatoes and steak every night for dinner. Uncle Steve and
0: Ah, uh, Uncle Steve just wants to get shredded. eh? Yeah, he does, <laughs> but.
1: So what we talked about today was uh, a lot. We talked about how you can, uh, there's a lot of discomfort in any of our careers at different times and we get in a pattern where we end up feeling like we're not enough or something outside of us is communicating to us that we're not enough. We all have different ways of coping. Sometimes we shut down. Sometimes we isolate. Sometimes we go drink. Sometimes we do drugs. Sometimes we drunk text. Mm -hmm. And we all have different ways of coping. Um, Johnny has talked to us a little bit about trust and how, uh, you know, he has a lot of uh, experience with this new era of having a massive platform since he was young and what that looks like for a lot of parents who are uh, pushing their young kids, what advice would you give them? Because there's a, we have a lot of listeners who are parents and a lot of their sons and daughters.
0: Parents pushing their young kids to be performers, entertainers. Don't do it at all, please. Don't push your kids to social media, being on social media is not easy for a person's mental health. So if you're concerned at all about that, then maybe think twice in that regard. My parents never like my sister like pushed me to do things, but she never was like, okay, we're recording a song today. There's nothing you can say about it. Like it was like she was pushing me to do better because I wanted to do the music and I love doing it. Uh, Nobody ever has forced me to do anything and I would resent it very quickly if they did. Um,
1: So the advice would be listen to your kids and what they actually want, not what you believe they could have.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I've seen the family vlogger like I've seen the results of that, and it's not pretty. broken relationships as your kids grow into adolescence and become independent they'll it's not not pretty, so maybe think twice
1: think twice before you push your kids down. I would feel guilty even pushing my dog Vita Maria to be a star. <laughs> I would start to feel a little bit uh oh it's a certain type of diet and
0: attention and- yeah it's it's a lot of work and if you aren't into it it's miserable because there's like have been points where I lost didn't lose interest but lost motivation catastrophically for a couple of weeks and then it's back but for those couple of weeks when I had to do like music stuff or like whatever it was miserable because I just I was like I just don't want to do this right now mm. um yeah don't do it
1: well, I appreciate you coming and sitting down with us. You made a new friend here. Couple new friends. Couple new friends <laughs> here, and new uh, uncle. make sure you click to subscribe. Always evolving. Share it. Tag us. Tell your friends. Tell your mom's friends. Tell those friends that you don't even talk to anymore. So, till next time, keep it magical. This has been a Stage
2: Twenty Nine podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, LaFern Cusack, and Stephanie Kayson. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatti. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Orenigay, William Cusack, Lisa Clark,
1: Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.